morning, and we do welcome you back to Outdoor Assembly of God. We welcome you back. This is the conclusion of our series. We, we actually began it the very, very last Sunday of 2019 to kind of uh, get ready and prepare for 2020. And then throughout the month of January, and now closing it out, our last uh, part in this series, it is our 2020 vision. And so in our series, uh, we've been looking at our, our series scripture verses this from Proverbs, Proverbs 29, 18. It says that where there is no vision, the people perish. And so the, the goal has been we are having a vision of what God can do in and through us personally, in and through our lives, in and through our church body as we work together. So just uh, quickly over these last number of weeks, uh, we've taken a look at where we are now. We've taken a look at where we are going. And uh, where we're going is we're partnering with our Ohio Ministry Network. This is 2020, beginning a brand new strategic plan entitled Ohio for Jesus. Uh, maybe you've heard some about that. You've, you've uh, seen some things posted about that. We've mentioned and shared about that here at church. Ohio for Jesus is a plan for all of our uh, Assemblies of God churches in Ohio of planting churches and increasing in our missions and reaching people, making disciples, developing leaders. And there's a strategic plan behind it that each church would work together. And so our little slice of that plan is certainly a faith-filled, God-filled plan and our desire in making disciples is we would like to see, with God's help, that we're able to reach one new person for Jesus Christ every single week. One new disciple over the course of this 10-year strategic plan, that would be 520 new disciples for Jesus Christ. We then desire as well to train and equip and develop leaders and looking to make and develop and train one new leader every single month over the course of this 10-year plan and process. That's 120 new leaders. When it comes to missions, the goal is to increase, to share, and, and hopefully have that heart for missions be contagious, that we each grow and catch on to that, to be able to support, to go, and to give, increasing our missions giving by 10% each and every year. And then as well, partnering or planting two churches over the course of 10 years. Every single one of those are some massive God-filled goals, but that's the overarching plan of where we are headed. Specifically for our church and our church body and, and our church families, what we've been looking at are these four verbs. And it, it kind of comes from a little bit of this thought. There's a Japanese proverb that says this, Vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. So you need to have both, not just one or the other. And so the goal is we want both a vision as well as the action behind it. And so the, the vision has been these four action verbs, connect, grow, serve, and go. And so that's the, the thought we've been looking at week after week. We've taken a look at connect. We've taken a look at grow. We've taken a look at serve. And so today we finish this 
study. We finished this series, 2020 Vision, looking at that final component, which is go. Two short little letters, but there's a a lot of impact behind it. So for the next uh, number of minutes together, we're going to explore what are some of these thoughts behind going? What, what, what is a part of this process, a part of this plan, a part of this vision for us as a church, but also as well us individually? So first of all, when it comes to go, I believe we need to display an attitude of availability. An attitude of availability. Here's a, a powerful story in Acts chapter 3 about some of the apostles and their attitude of availability. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit, begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Powerful story. Now, all throughout the book of Acts, there are some mighty and powerful stories. Stories of empowerment of the Holy Spirit and, and stories of, of miracle and, and uh, item after item as these men and women were led and directed by God. This, this tends to stick out to me as these apostles having this attitude and aspect of availability. They were available to do some of the right things. What's some of the right things they were doing? It says that they were on their way to the temple. They were on their way to go and to worship in the house of God. That's a good thing to do. That's a, a right thing to do. Are you and I available to do some of the good and godly and right things? Are we including God in our plans? The powerful thing is when we make sure that God's included in our plans... God certainly is desiring to work, but when we include him, he's going to nudge and guide and use us to reach people for him. Sometimes people will say, God, I want you to use me. But then they never include God in their plans. They're, they're never, never doing things that are good and righteous and godly. Sometimes the, the right things they're not always the spectacular things, but we do them anyway. They were going to the house of God, going to the temple, going to pray. And in the midst of this, God intervened because, see, they were available to be interrupted. How many of you love interruptions? I see smiles. I don't, I don't see hands. 
We tend to not be the greatest at interruptions, right? Because we're, we're in this busy culture. Every single one of us, it's go, 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 and go some more. We're talking about going. But as we go, do we have this attitude of availability that we're even ready, willing, and available to be interrupted I mean, they were doing something good and godly, and they were interrupted on their way to something good and godly. Imagine, you're, you're driving your vehicle to come to Alger Assembly of God on a Sunday morning to worship, and you somehow, you, you, you meet up with someone who needs help. That's, boy, that's a dilemma now, right? Because you're doing something good. You're doing something godly. You're ready to worship God. And now someone needs help. So it's, it's interesting. We see these apostles, Peter and John. They're going at the time of prayer. There's a, there's a timeline. There's a deadline. But they're interrupted. They met somebody that had a need. So what happens when we meet people who have needs, but we're on a deadline? Chances are, sometimes we stop and are interrupted. Chances are also good that many times we plunge straight ahead to make our deadline. What we see about Peter and John, they were available, ready to be used by God, even if that meant being interrupted. On your way to watch the big game. And you get interrupted. On your way to a big sale. And you're interrupted. Whatever it is that's next on schedule. Next on the agenda. Next on that planner. Sometimes, every single one of us, we can get so caught up in, got to go here, and I don't want to be late, and I want to be this, and do this. And sometimes interruptions come. You and I both know it, right? And chances are good, we've messed up at times. We've gone right on ahead and passed somebody by because we're doing something good. We've got a time frame. We've got a timeline to fit. I'm certainly someone else will stop and help this person. Someone else will pray. Someone else will. Someone will do it. For Peter and John, that someone was them. They were available to do the right things. They were available to be interrupted. They were available to look out for needs. They turned and looked towards him rather than away from him. Sometimes that's, that's the challenge, right? When you and I see a need, how do we respond? We're getting to the nitty-gritty, but every single one of us, I'm sure, at times we do good. Every single one of us, I'm sure, at times, maybe look away. It wasn't too long ago. It seems like forever ago. Christmas. Doesn't that seem like forever ago? Just over a month ago. Christmas time, that Christmas month, they've got the little Salvation Army. Kimmy calls them the dingers. So they hold a little bell and they go ding, 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 ding. And it is interesting, right? People's approach to the dingers. 
Now, Kimmy's got a, a soft heart and a soft spot. She's always digging in her purse for something. She's, she's always got change, always got stuff in her pockets. I don't have stuff in my pockets. But Kim's always looking towards them, digging in her purse to give something to them. So we'll stop and look around, and you see other people, and as they're walking in, and maybe some of us have done it as well, it's, it's the people kind of looking down, looking around, you know, not wanting to look them in the eye, getting on their phone, so there's something that they're doing as they walk past. Why? There's a need, maybe not wanting to be interrupted. Every single one of us at times has probably walked right by a need. Dingers included. Peter and John, they weren't looking at their watches and their clocks saying, prayer time. We, we got a meeting. We got an appointment. Don't want to be late. They were doing right things. They were doing some godly things, but they were interrupted and looking for needs. They weren't avoiding the needs around them. Verse 4, Peter looked straight at him as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. This is kind of the opposite of what tends to happen. Many times, those that are in need are crying out, help me. And the question is whether or not we're willing to be interrupted to, to stop and listen or take part. Peter and John did the opposite. They as they were on their way to the temple, they noticed the man. Looked like he was probably one that was going to be begging for money. But they looked at him and told him to look at them. This, this overarching theme of go, as a church or individually, are we ready to see needs around us and then do our very best to try to meet them. Now, I know it's a challenge because there is so much need and we can't possibly do everything for everyone in every situation in every community. But as a church, what needs can we meet? As an individual, as a family, as we see needs, what can we meet? They spotted a need. They responded. As we look at the text, they were available to share what they had. Now, did they have what he was really wanting? In their response, they said, silver, gold, we don't have. I mean, this was someone who would beg from people as they were making their way in towards the temple. What you want, I don't have. But what I have, I'm going to freely give. I got something even better than silver. I got something even better than gold. His, his eyes were, were probably getting big, right? Big as saucers. I mean, he's not calling out and crying out for silver and gold. They're looking at him. They say, look at us. And what are their words? Silver and gold, we, we don't have any of that. But what we do have, we're about to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. 
better than coins of silver, better than coins of gold, is a healing touch that surged through that man's body. As they raised him up and he stood and praised and worshipped and thanked. For someone not able to do that and then be touched and healed and strengthened by the power of God, he was no doubt forgetting about silver and gold. He said, instantly as man, uh, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He, he jumped, began to walk, and when they saw him, they recognized this was that. This man walking and jumping was that man who used to sit and bank. And they began to marvel with wonder and amazement at what had happened. It happened as Peter and John, they were available to do the right things, godly things, be, be sensitive and led by the voice of God. But they were available to be interrupted, to look for needs and to share what they have. We talked last time about serving, how every single one of us has been blessed in some capacity to use whatever we have and then serve others with those gifts. What is it that you and I have? Let's share what it is. It doesn't mean you've got unlimited bank accounts, but what do you have? What can we share with those that are around us as a church body, as an individual, as a family, as we meet needs in our community, in our neighborhoods, to share what it is that God has blessed us with? Be the channel. God blesses us with something, wisdom, resources, etc., and we can share and bless others. So, when it comes to going, I think part of that is this attitude of availability. God, I don't know exactly what you're wanting in me or for me or through me, but God, I'm available to be used by you. Secondly, when we talk about going, I think it's to create a culture of multiplication. Using this word a couple different times. In Acts 19, a little bit later in the book, verses 20 to 22... It says, the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. Part of this multiplication involves reaching people for Jesus. He had this heart to go and preach, to go and preach, to go and preach, and reach people for Jesus. It's been said in a couple different statistics and studies, 82% of Christians agree that the gospel should be shared. 82% agree. Not sure about the other 18%. You know, there's this thing called the Great Commission to go and preach and share. But 82%, a strong percentage of Christians believe the gospel is to be shared. People are to be told about the good news of Jesus. Yet well over 60% say they've never done it. 
A great majority says, it should be done. And a great majority says, but not me. This culture of multiplication is each and every one of us reaching a heart, reaching a life, touching them even one by one. Some of the statistics in our specific area. There's right around 32,000 people in Hardin County, over 20,000 of whom don't declare a church home. That doesn't mean every single one of those that do declare a church home are godly churchgoers, Christians serving God with all their heart and all their might. But over 60% of Hardin County, our specific home, does not have a church home. That means there's 20,000 plus in our area, our region, where we live and move and work and interact, who don't know, don't declare a heart for Jesus. Are we willing to reach them one by one? In order to reach them, we share Jesus Christ with one. A friend, a family member, a co-worker, a neighbor, someone in our community. So this, this process of multiplication, the idea is, as, as we're looking at our vision, it's to connect people to Jesus Christ. And those that we connect and, and share Jesus Christ with, we help them to grow in Jesus Christ. And then discover some of the talents and gifts and abilities and, and release them to serve others in the name of Jesus Christ so that those who have been reached are able to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ and that they can then connect people to Jesus Christ. You see, that's circular, cyclical in nature. As we share the good news of Jesus Christ and reach someone with the gospel, they as well are able to grow and reach other people with the gospel, who they as well are able to grow and reach other people with the gospel. It's the Great Commission. It's what Jesus has called us to, but it starts with one. There's a lot of different ways and, and uh, opportunities as a church as we support missions and support missionaries and support various ministries. But individually, what can we do to share Jesus with those around us? Ultimately, it's about disciples who make disciples. Who make disciples who hopefully continue to make disciples. It's the process. So that's that culture of multiplication. Sometimes it can be easy to be content with exactly where we're at. Us no more. I'm good, I'm content. Don't bring anybody new in. They might sit in my spot. But the goal is that each of us would reach more people, tell them about Jesus Christ. And those people that we reach, that they can then reach somebody else for Jesus. It's this culture, it's this process of multiplication. But it starts with one. Who might God lead and nudge and guide us to reach?
comes back to being available. Are we available and ready to be used by God? So multiplication involves reaching people for Jesus. Multiplication also involves planting more churches to share Jesus. Somewhere around 80% of new disciples or new believers come out of church plants. Typically, churches are planted in cities or communities or areas where there's not a gospel presence. And so they begin reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Now it's interesting because in our world and our culture, we say, well, certainly everybody knows about Jesus. It's all those, all those foreign countries. We've got to send missionaries to our foreign countries because they've never heard. Yet there's still so many people in so many places, even around the state of Ohio, who have not heard or been given a presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's why this massive effort, Ohio for Jesus, the goal of our Assemblies of God movement in Ohio in 10 years, it's massive, it is only going to happen with the power of God, is to plant 1,000 churches around Ohio to reach people for Jesus. That's a massive goal. As we've shared in, in past weeks of this series, our slice of that is still a massive goal. That in 10 years, we would be used of God to either plant or partner to plant two. Not a thousand. That's, that's out of the entire state working together. But to do something that Elder Assembly of God's never done before in 70 plus years of existence. To plant or partner to plant two new churches. It's a powerful way to reach people. It's disciples making disciples and it's churches planting churches. So part of this going, it's being available to be used for God. Part of this going is this culture of multiplication. Thirdly, part of going is increasing our mission's capacity. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20 says this, Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. See, the, the Great Commission commands us to go. Go and make disciples. Go and baptize them. Go and teach them to obey. In the midst of all of our going, know that he's with us to the very end of the age. So part of the mission's capacity is that we are to go. Now, that's a little word with a huge meaning, right? Go could mean talking to that family member about Jesus. Go could mean going across the street to a neighbor. Go could mean reaching somebody in another community for Jesus. Go could mean following the nudge and leading of God 
and maybe becoming a missionary to go to some other land. Go means a lot of things, but it means reaching others who don't know Jesus with the good news of Jesus. And so part of that mission's capacity is us being willing and available and ready to go to share Christ in other places outside of Alger Assembly of God. It's, it's easy and it's comfortable to simply say, let me bring them to church. <clears throat> I'll introduce them to pastor and then you take it from there, pastor. That's your job. You're right, it is my job. But it's not mine alone. Every single one of us can go. Every single one of us can share. Now, where we go might be different. We've got students representing different school systems. We've got adults representing different work environments, different communities, different cities and connections. Every single one of us can go and share Christ. But part of this mission's capacity is also not just going ourselves, but it's helping to send others to go, our missionaries. Romans 10, 14, and 15 says, How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We're to do our part. We're to do our work. The places that we go, let's be sensitive to God, available to be used, and share Jesus with those we come in contact with. But what about the places we'll never go? In all honesty, most of us will never go to all these far-reaching parts of the world. I had the privilege of being a part of our Ohio Ministry Network team to Tanzania. Our particular investment and involvement was with pastors and leaders, and then our evening services were open to the public and, and those who were around. So it, it wasn't all day, every day evangelistic, but our evening services definitely were. How many other opportunities will there be? I don't know. But you know what? I can give, and we as a church can give to support missionaries who are going to places around the United States and places around our globe, we're able to support and to send them. As we send them, they preach. As they preach, people hear, respond, and believe, and they call on Jesus. But they've got to be able to be sent. So we can do our part and give. I want to invite you to turn into your bulletins. There's an insert here entitled, My Faith Promise. I'll invite maybe an usher or two if you could come on up. We've got a few extra copies if they didn't get a bulletin or if you don't have a copy there in front of you. Craig, thank you. Just make sure everybody's got one of those if you would. This is a very simple sheet of paper. It just says, my mission's faith promise. And on the right it says, so all can hear. 
As Romans says, there's this process. We're able to support those who go so they can share, they can preach, people can hear, and then respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, we've shared our part and our vision, our goal for this next 10 years is that little by little, year by year, we would be able to increase our giving at 10% per year. Now, the... uh, Ohio for Jesus plan is just simply by the end of those 10 years, a threefold or 300% increase, three times as much giving statewide, three times as many missionaries statewide. Ours is broken down year by year. So we will take a look a little bit later this afternoon at missions giving for 2019. The challenge would be, could we increase that by 10% this year? And then increase it by 10% the next year? And 10% the next year? Now listen, there's there's a lot of different ways that that can take place. I'm going to challenge each of us in here to consider what we can do for missions, for going, for sending. There may be some of you in here who have never given to missions, who have never given to support the work of missions worldwide. I want to challenge and encourage you to do something. There are some who maybe do something on a sporadic basis. Every now and then, I want to challenge and encourage you to give on a regular basis whether that's weekly or monthly, to do something on a regular basis for missions. For those who are regular and faithful, I would challenge to be open and sensitive to God, perhaps even about increasing your giving, increasing your missions faith promise. And then as well, as we together as a church and as we individually seek to reach people for Jesus Christ, we're believing over the course of this year and over the course of next year, year after year, to reach and make more disciples for Jesus that then becomes more individuals as well who can partner and give and support missionaries worldwide. We have missionaries on a regular basis throughout the year. We've not been able to pick up every single missionary that we've had. We've always done a love offering for every missionary, but based on where our giving is and based on where our missions giving is, there are times we've been able to add, and over the years, we've added a considerable number of missionaries. But the very honest truth is we've had some missionaries over these last numbers of years We've had them for a service. They've ministered. They've shared their heart. We've connected. We've, we've taken an offering that day. But there are still missionaries we've had that we're not able to support on a monthly basis because what comes in for missions is not able to cover that. So I would challenge us. What can we collectively do to give and to go? Together, I believe we can increase missions capacity. I would challenge you here over the, the next few moments, maybe even towards the end as we, in a little bit, we'll, we'll get into an altar time. I'd invite you to, to fill that out and to commit to do something for the Lord for missions.
It's not just give so that missionaries will go and then I don't have to share a thing. It's not just share every now and then but not give. It really is both. God, am I, am I willing, am I sensitive, am I available to be used by you to share the good news with people I come in contact with? And then, God, am I as well willing to give and support those who are going? Increase our mission's capacity. Finally, this morning, as we take a look at going, this last thought is actually where we began a number of weeks ago, and that's engage our community. We began this process, this 2020 vision, and we began with connect. Well, the first things we shared was we want to be able to engage and connect with our community. Connecting with people who don't know Jesus Christ. And so if you can kind of get this visual picture in your mind, it's almost as if this is a, a circle, right? So this circle begins in the connecting phase as we reach out to and connect to people. Help them to come to Jesus Christ. We then help them to grow as this circle goes around. We help them to grow in their walk with God. As the circle continues around, we then are being able to release them to serve and be a blessing to others in ministry. And as that circle continues, we want to then release them to be able to go as well. And so this last portion is going to kind of merge with our first portion, if you're thinking about this in a circle, a circle nature. Where we begin is where we end. Where we end is where we begin. Engage our community. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 7, As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As you go, Jesus was calling his disciples out. He was sending them out. And then he said, well, as you go, preach and share about me. So you and I, as we go, as you go to work, as you go to school, as you go out and about into the community, let's be open, let's be sensitive to what God's doing and how we might be able to share Jesus. It's making that regular effort and attempt of connecting with and engaging in our community. It's trying to help out with some resources to put into your hands to create some of those for you over the course of the year that can then be handed out, maybe a, a point of contact about the church, a point of contact about a, a message series, a point of contact about an event, maybe a point of contact with the good news of Jesus Christ, but that we would connect and engage our community. Ultimately, it's each week reach one. That's a lofty goal to say 52 new disciples over the course of 2020. That would effectively double what's roughly in here this morning. But what if every single person were to reach one for Jesus this year? One person in 12 months. That's doable. Now looking back historically... Have every single one of us been reaching someone every single year? No. But we can, as we're sensitive to and available to, 
God's voice and nudging and leading us. Allow God to use you to connect with people, to share the gospel, to plant seeds, to meet needs. Connect, grow, serve, and go. Go.